0: Hi, I'm Kitty Kinnon with Chef Scott Crawford. He is one of the area's most beloved and admired chefs. His accomplishments in the culinary world are vast, including his initial Raleigh spot, Crawford & Son, followed by his French bistro next door, Jolie, named after his daughter, and soon-to-come Crawford Steakhouse in Cary, sandwiched in between a new concept, Crawford Cookshop. That opens any day now in Clayton. In addition to all of that, Scott Crawford is a real family man. In fact, his wife, Jessica, son, Giles, and daughter, Lee have all gotten in the act with their dad, pitching in, especially during the pandemic. So Scott, you were able to maintain through the pandemic because of the enormous success of your takeout. We all wanted it. <laughs> and I understand the family was right in there helping
1: we we do it pretty well and and the kids are getting to be young adults so they're they're helping to manage everything that we have to manage they're they're learning how to do that with us now so it's a new phase it's really pretty cool
0: Oh, that's awesome. So they're cooking and they want to kind of follow in their pop's brilliant footsteps?
1: Well, my son started out same place I did. He's washing dishes at Crawford and Son on Saturdays, and he loves it. Absolutely loves it. In fact, I'll tell you something he said to me. Uh, He said in social studies, they were studying community and that he had mentioned that he felt like his community was his team at At the restaurant
0: Well that had to Put a thump in your heart
1: I know It was the sweetest thing
0: He's had you As an influence And you know The sense of community Runs so deep In your blood And always has
1: It really does I was touched When he said that I thought that was Just great And then it speaks to my team and how they make him feel a part of what we're doing here even if he's just working a few hours you know to help out and learn and uh, so then my daughter she's a little young yet to start contributing at the restaurants but she's helping her mom manage things from our home office so it's really neat it's neat to see them maturing into that stage of wanting to contribute and uh, so they're doing great thank you for asking you have a beautiful family as well everyone's doing well in your family
0: yes everybody Everybody's doing great, thanks. But just thinking about your family and your life before, it is so colorful, yet a lot of trials and tribulations that you've been through in your life. So many stories to tell.
1: You know, it's funny that you say that because I have met with a writer several times about writing a book. And there's things that are just burning within me that I just feel like I need to get out. And yet I've hesitated because I think the timing is not quite there yet. You know, I have to remember that my children are going to read this. Some of my relatives, some people close to me, they're going to read this, right? And if I'm going to do it, it's going to be authentic. It's going to share. It's not going to be the PG-13 version. If you knew the writer I'm talking to, I mean, he is legit and has written about much more famous people than he wants to write this badly. And uh, so we're just sort of on pause someday. I, I don't need to do it. My motive is just as simple and pure as helping other people. That is it. I have been inspired by other people's stories, and I know what that feels like. And, and I've had many people tell me they've been inspired by my story to get sober or to uh, improve their lives. And that means a lot. And so that, that would be the motive for writing a book like that, because honestly, it would be difficult. It's, it's uh, gut-wrenching sometimes to, to revisit some of the things that you've gone through in your life. Also, they're very therapeutic, and it can be very positive. But even just sharing my story publicly, what I've shared so far... Has been difficult at times.
0: Yeah, I get it. But there's been such an outpouring of love from people who have read and learned about how common addiction is in the service industry, and also how much you've done to help others in that regard. But then again, writing that kind of story takes a lot of time. And right now, you have a few things going on. I wonder how you manage all these projects at one time.
1: I have to just always remember, I chose this, right? So this is a life that I think is amazing and extremely grateful for the opportunities and for this incredible family I have. And so I chose it and I'm going to own it and I'll, you know, do my best to rest as much as I can and stay as healthy as I can. And then maybe next year when these things are running and I have people in place who are helping me execute and, and operate, then it's more just tweaking you know, and and not as much building. And that's sort of the stage we're in with Crawford and Son and Jolie. We try to keep things fresh, but I have great, great people helping me.
0: Yes, you do. And you have really upped the ante as far as staff goes.
1: That's right. So we're five years old at Crawford and Son this year, and then just two years old at Jolie. And so at Crawford and Son, after five years last year during the pandemic, uh, my chef de cuisine and pastry chef, who are a couple, uh, decided they wanted to move to Montana, and um, I supported their decision. In fact, was maybe a little jealous because (laughs) nothing sounded better than going to Montana last year, in the middle of all that. So. I hired a new chef de cuisine from Thomas Keller's group in New York, Bouchon and Tac Room, per se, and just excellent training, a great palate, young guy, and very driven. And uh, his fiance happened to be a general manager for Danny Meyer's group, and so we happen to be looking for a new general manager at Crawford and & Son. And I said, you two think that you can work well together. I know you never have. This could be a great thing. I said, how about if you discover you don't like working together, then we'll move one of you to Jolie. <laughs> you have that option, <laughs> yeah, and they love it and and I love working with my wife too i didn 't know that I would, but it 's pretty amazing to be able to share your day, even if you 're working um, with your significant other and see them and do, do really good work with them. So they're enjoying it. What are their names? Yeah, Alexis Russo is our general manager, and Connor Delaney is our new chef de cuisine.
0: Well, I got to tell you, regarding Crawford & Son, Scott, I'm a little nervous because I'm supposed to go there this week, and I understand you changed up those warm, malted wheat rolls. How could you do such a thing?
1: <laughs> so have you tried the biscuits yet?
0: Uh, that answer is no.
1: So just try them. It's it's, it's obviously a different type of bread. And we made what we think is the best biscuit you'll have.
0: Okay, on a side note here, I did go in. I tried the biscuits. And all I have to say right now is, what malted wheat rolls? (laughs) Okay, back to our interview. Chef, let's talk about the pandemic. What was your first thought when you heard this was happening?
1: Sure. Well, I can tell you my first thought was just really disbelief. I Obviously, none of us have ever experienced anything like this before. We're planners, right? So we planned for a recession. We were all, always thinking about now, but also six months from now and a year from now, we always thought, well, you know, the economy can't be great always. So we got to put some reserves aside and we have to be smart. Uh, there's no safety net when you're an entrepreneur. It just doesn't exist. There's no benefit you can apply for when you're uh, as far as unemployment or anything like that, when you're an owner of a business, um, you just sort of have to plan for yourself, and so that's fine. Um, we were planning for a recession; we were not planning for a complete shutdown. So the first thought I had was, "Wow, this can happen. This this can really happen. We can just be completely shut down." And there was really very little talk about any aid, like you know the PPP dollars or anything like that at first. So we didn't know that we would get any help at all. So we were just sort of trying to figure out how we could be sustainable. And uh, we sat down like any other time, just tried to put our fear aside and think logically and say, okay, well, let's strategize. We're smart people. We have a great team here. I think we have lots of neighbors and lots of people that will support us if we do pivot to this curbside. We can continue to feed people and, uh, you know, we can at least keep the management team working Uh, with their full salaries, while our line employees can collect a benefit and let's wait this thing out and see what happens. And so that's what we did. People seem to really appreciate it. When you're busy and you're cooking and people are smiling when you're handing them this food at the curb. You know, my wife was here helping. It was just me and the, the management team. And it was fun.
0: And then that led to the innovative new delivery app, Crave Collective, which I honestly didn't really know about. Tell us about that.
1: Sure. So this wasn't something we, we just kind of went public with it recently, but we've been working with Crave since last summer. I got a call from a friend of mine that I worked with in San Francisco 20 years ago. And he said, how are you, you know, how's curbside going for you? What do you, you know, what are your sales like? And I shared some of that information with him. He said, wow, you're really doing well. And it seems like you guys have thought this through. And I said, well, we, we have, we, we sat down and said, what, what can travel, what food would we want to do if we were to send it to people's homes? And then we actually tested, we timed things to see how long they would stay crisp. You know, we did all these sort of all this R and D and he said to me, hey, we're doing something very similar, but on a very large scale. And so he outlined for me this Crave concept that he had developed. So they own the app, they develop the technology, they own the real estate where they house all of these ghost kitchens. They employ the drivers, they own the vehicles, and they train the entire staff to be able to speak to the food and to be able to deliver and represent the chefs and the concepts that are housed within their facility. So this is something completely different from anything we've seen before.
0: And because you were so successful at it, they brought you in to kind of train the staff. Is that right?
1: I trained the staff on my concept and did continued R&D. They have a packaging engineer who goes through and develops packaging for each dish so that it stays either as hot or as cold as it needs to stay. And they have little spacers that they place in the bag so that the who doesn't shift. I mean, they've thought of everything.
0: And is this going national or how, how is it expanded?
1: It is. So I did a pop-up with them last summer and then they finished the facility and they started filling it with concepts. I think they, have, they will get up to 18 concepts within one building. And they're now looking at three other cities. I think we'll be starting construction on those facilities soon. So it's going national. I think they have plans to bring these facilities to up to 12 to 15 cities in the in a relatively short time period.
0: And is Raleigh one of those potential cities?
1: You know, they've asked me to keep my eye out for real estate here in Raleigh. So that is a definite at some point. We're just not sure when.
0: Yeah. And real estate's a little difficult to find right now. It
1: seems. It like. really is. It's not even about the prices, which are, are high, but it's it's about just finding it.
0: Did that experience, Scott, sort of Marion de Crawford Cookshop, that creativity of developing that menu, help at all Absolutely. with your concept?
1: It really did. So it all happened very organically. My friend Scott Howard with Crave said, what food would you want to do? Would you want to do Crawford and Son food? Would you want to do something else? And I said, well, Scott, actually, I've been working on a more casual concept. It fits within what I'm doing for curbside right now. And I think it would be a great concept for delivery through Crave. And it's called Crawford Cook Shop. And, you know, it's basically the same principles and the same sort of American approach as Crawford and Son but much more casual and we also will do things that we don't do at Crawford and Son like very humble stuff like chicken wings and burgers and you know sandwiches things like that will be included and he said great I mean it just really sounds perfect it has a a touch of southern also just naturally and so that concept fit very well within what they needed at Crave and in fact just a few months later I was approached by some folks who had purchased the building in Clayton and asked if I thought I had a concept that would fit in that building. And that's how this all came about, the brick and mortar Crawford cook shop.
0: In Clayton. And I'm thinking, yeah, you know, that's a cool little town. And probably were inspired by, you know, going up in a little town like that yourself.
1: Yeah, it is. And by the way, it's not that little anymore.
0: <laughs> no, you're right. It really is growing fast. And now it's going to be growing even faster with Crawford Cookshop in the house of Clayton. <laughs> How large is this space actually? You have indoor and outdoor space.
1: We do, yeah. So the space is about uh, 3,000 square feet indoors, and then we have outdoor covered patio space that'll be covered and heated. We know people in North Carolina love sitting outside and so we wanted to make sure we provided that and in fact we're providing just about everything we're providing indoor dining outdoor dining curbside pickup and delivery so it's a concept that really checks all the boxes
0: the menu looks scrumptious scott
1: yeah we're gonna have a smoker we have a wood-burning grill we love those flavors and uh you know, like I said, the food is just a little simpler, but it's incredibly fresh. The, the tagline we've developed is fresh Americana, and it's, it's all food. So we'll have lots of salads, you know, local meats and fish on a wood-burning grill, wings, burgers, sandwiches. Of course, libations mainly uh, focus on whiskey cocktails. We're going to have soft serve ice cream sundaes, mm. pies. Cakes, all sort of Americana style, but you know, with those kind of new tilts that we like to play around with.
0: So, Scott, tell us about the tattoo art that will be in Crawford Cookshop.
1: It's funny, my grandfather is the one that really started all this. He had a tattoo of my grandmother's name with a bird, and he got this when he was in the Navy. They were not married. They were barely dating and he shipped off and he got this tattoo hoping when he got back that she'd be waiting for him. And she was.
0: Oh my gosh. Oh wow. And
1: and that would have been an issue if she wasn't because there was no tattoo removal back then. (laughs) So I love telling that story anyway. That vintage tattoo art has become a part of our branding. Uh, I obviously have some tattoos that are uh, sort of a pay homage to that and to my grandfather and that story and how my grandparents impacted my life.
0: We are so excited about Crawford Cookshop. Before we get into a pairing, musical pairing, I wanted to ask about the progress on Crawford Steakhouse, which again, I'm running out of breath thinking about it all, how you're doing it, (laughs) cloning yourself, I'm not sure, but um, how's that progressing?
1: so it's progressing well in fact it was supposed to be i think originally before cookshop but it's part of a much larger development with many many moving parts and so covid did affect the timing on that it didn't really affect the overall project but it affected the timing and so you know i used to get really stressed out about that and and you know how will i figure all this out and now i just let it sort of fall into place and now Cookshop is happening first, and at this point, the steakhouse is slated for later in 23. That development will open prior to my steakhouse opening, actually, though. I think I'm going to be more like in phase two now because of where my steakhouse is located. It's not located with most of the other restaurants. And so anyway, the change in that timeline just happened to be coinciding with the hotel that's in that development. So again, sort of one of those things that COVID changed, but not necessarily negatively. I mean, it's working out okay for me in the timing.
0: Yeah, because so. you probably need a little breather. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, the good news is the doors will soon open to Crawford Cookshop.
1: They're doing a great job. The contractors, Lewis Cherry, is my you know great friend and architect who helped me design this with clean lines like we like, but also some nods to those small town American restaurants that we all kind of grew up dining at, and I think you'll see those details when you when you come into the space. But I think Clayton is just almost ideal for this concept. We may consider this concept for other towns as well, but this is a growing community with pardon the pun, but just this hunger for, you know, new exciting food and it's got that those beautiful old buildings and that, you know, sort of quintessential main street vibe.
0: I can't wait. All right, Scott, you know how Sound Palette works. You need to pair a signature dish or something <laughs> that you think of with a piece of music. What you got?
1: So I actually, because we haven't actually opened the restaurant, this might be a little bit out of the ordinary for you, but I actually, as I thought through this the last couple of days, paired a song with, with the overall concept instead of a specific dish.
0: No, I love that. That's great. And nothing is out of the ordinary for me, Scott. You must not know <laughs> me that well.
1: <laughs> well, if we were in and really had established a signature dish at this point, then maybe I would have. But I thought, you know, I think this will speak to the concept. And that's the big question that I get, not about, not yet about specific dishes, but more about, well, what will it be like there? You know, what can I expect to when I go to Crawford Cookshop. And so this might help people understand. So I chose the song Ain't No Man by the Avid Brothers.
0: Yeah, I love that song. And I'm thinking about the lyrics and how you're tying it all in.
1: First of all, I love the Avid Brothers and their music to me is very positive and it sort of falls within that Americana genre. It's very North Carolina. And that particular song is, is just has this very positive, sort of lighthearted message. And that's what I want this concept to be. Fun. I want families to to feel comfortable. I want everyone to come in and have a great time and feel like it's a positive experience and just have it be sort of lighthearted and delicious and exciting and I feel like I could totally hear that song playing in the space as we're doing that There ain't no man can't save me There ain't no man can't enslave me Check out the entire
0: song by the Avet Brothers, Ain't No Ma'am. We've got the video up here on our website. We've also posted the links to all of Scott Crawford's amazing restaurants, including his newest, Crawford Cookshop. If you enjoyed this interview, please feel free to post your comments. I appreciate it.